Pitt knocks off Wake Forest in what is one of, in my opinion, the most exciting wins for Pitt in quite some time. Let's talk about this big win for the Panthers and what is coming up here in the future. It's all coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the locked on pit podcast your daily podcast covering the pittsburgh panthers we have so much to talk about here in the sphere of pit huge win over wake forest today's episode of locked on pits brought to you by fanduel sportsbook the official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started all right folks let's get into this one because this game was a doozy and a really fun one at that had a blast watching this one. Just, just have a blast uh, kind of going back through it and combing through everything that happened in this game. Cause there was so much that did happen, but I think there's really only one place uh, to kick it off. And I think you have to kick it off with Mr. Blake Henson. Uh, what a game by Blake Henson that Pitt got from him. And they needed Blake Henson to have a big game, right? When everything came down to it, the essence of this game was won and lost by the three ball. Pitt needed to really get this going because Demarcus Burton wasn't in the game. He still had some struggles from other guys around kind of Burton. And Henson was unbelievable. I mean, we are talking about a guy that scored 24 points, but all of those were off three-pointers. He took 14 shots. All of those were three-pointers, and he made eight of them to tie the program record. This is a, a record-setting day for Blake Henson, who's now shooting 37% from downtown. I mean, we knew he could shoot the three coming to pit a little bit. I don't know if we knew he could shoot it this well. He's been putting on a clinic in terms of what he has been doing and it's truly actually very special to kind of watch his season mature. And, and this was such a big game for Pitt and for him. I think this game in particular really showcased what Henson could do. And, and it wasn't just the fact that he was hot and shooting from deep, right? Of course, that's a big part of it. The fact that he can do that is awesome. And we love to see Blake Henson kind of come out and make those shots. But it's, it's the off-ball movement. Um, it's the ability to find those open spaces. Um, it's it's those dribble handoffs. It's it's all the sets that they work with him, and the fact that he can make it from so many different areas of the floor. He is such a fun player to watch and break down. He can do so many different things that kind of makes you think about him and worry um, about what he's going to do every time he's on the floor. That it is actually extremely impressive to watch him play at a high level. And so I'm a huge fan of Blake Hinson, and, and there's zero reason why you shouldn't be either. He's been awesome this year. What a find through the portal. Um, he's, he's one of those guys where you really never knew what you were getting in him. He was kind of a, a wild card, if you will. And I think Pitt's starting to figure out that they, they have a very versatile piece that can do so many different things and just – spread the floor out at that size. It's special. And he was really good on defense yesterday, too, I thought. Um, the defensive breakdowns were definitely plentiful, but I didn't think Henson was involved in many of those. In fact, I thought Pitt's front court was quite good defensively. 
uh, yesterday. I did think, however, their backcourt struggled in that area. But let's talk about their backcourt. Um, I think Jamaris Burton has a very interesting role in this game. Nine assists, only six points, though. But he did just about everything you needed him to do. So it really, his stats tell the story of the game for him. A lot of turnovers early. Um, four turnovers today for Jamaris Burton um, in terms of just making – some some weird mistakes that usually you don't see Jamari Burton make. And he wasn't really on to that night either, a three of eight from the field. But he kind of figured out eventually that, like, listen, they're not going to let me take over this game. This is exactly what Wake wants to do. They want everybody else to beat them, and, and he obliged to. And I think that's a credit to Jamari Burton, right, understanding what was happening and kind of adjusting on the fly to that. And so I think that's all credit to Jamari Burton. And you have to give him a round of applause for that. He was really good down the stretch. You know, when Wake started to really cut into this lead, he came in and instantly sparked him, put a basket in, got an open three Nike Sabandi, and, and really stretched the lead. I thought Burton was really good in his 30 minutes. Um, and so he took on a different role in this one, but he was big. So you look at him. He had a very, very random off day, and he doesn't have many of those. And when he has an off day offensively, he does it in different ways. And so I think Jamaris Burns just the, the straw that stirs pitch drink, if you will, and that's why he's such an important player to this squad. He continues to prove it. Um, and then I think the other guy that really deserves a shout-out is Greg Elliott. Um, just he's He's kind of found his groove. Um, just three games ago, he was shooting only 28% from three in conference play. That's now climbed all the way up to 38%. He was six of nine from downtown in this one. Uh, he continues to impress me in terms of just his elite catch-and-shoot ability. Pitt just hasn't had many guys like this. They've had guys that can get hot and hit like that, but he's one of the better three-point shooters I can remember in recent memory from uh, at Pitt. He's, he's more consistent shooter than Ithiel Horton. Horton was a streaky shooter, um, but I, I think I think you know a guy that's a career forty-one percent free throw three-point shooter. It really has lived up to that billing. He is a catch and shoot automatic make some of these times when he gets hot and he can really, really punish a defense. And so they have to worry about him in the corner, on the wing, at the top of the key, wherever Greg Elliott is. Outside of the arc, you got to worry about him. He is an automatic three-point shooter, and that has made him a valuable presence here for Pitt. And you cannot overlook what he has brought to this team on the boards either. He gets some of these tough rebounds. He's got six rebounds in, the, in this one. Uh, he's not really a super athletic guy, but he brings a lot of grit and physicality to the floor, and he can really shoot the ball. And so he's been kind of the factor that you never knew – could be the factor. Um, he is such a game changer for Jamarius Burton, Nellie Cummings, whatever, because they just have such a reliable kickout guy in Greg Elliott. And the fact that he has started to really hit those threes has been huge for Pitt and was huge in this one because they dared Pitt to shoot the three ball. And that 1-3-1, one, one, they were collapsing in on Jamarius Burton. They weren't going to let him get easy mid-range jumpers. They weren't going to let him get to the rack very easily. And so it took Jamarius Burton out of the game a little bit. It took him out of his game. But Pitt kind of adjusted to it, and he adjusted to it, and Greg Elliott was kind of one of the answers to it. Him and Henson really kind of took this team along with them, and, and I thought that was really impressive. Now, I want to talk about this game. Why that late lead being blown almost actually 
isn't that concerning to me and why I look at this game and I'm actually more impressed by what Pitt did. I'm going to talk about that. But first, folks, I want to let you guys know about FanDuel because, folks, FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. And listen, the NFL playoffs are here. College basketball is starting to get into the thick of things. And we're really excited about the new betting partner for Locked On in FanDuel. They have so many great features, folks, that can make betting just fun and easy for you. So for new customers, you can join today for $150 in free bets guaranteed. When you place just your first $5 bet, all you have to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Again, that's FanDuel.com. You get $150 in free bets guaranteed. And FanDuel has your favorite bets on the money line, point spreads, player props, so many more. Pit Miami on Saturday. You want to put some down on that. You can feel free to. Don't have a line just yet on that, but when it does, for sure, you can get in on all of the action from there, folks. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast as we're continuing to discuss this Pit-Wake Forest game and a big win for Pit. Uh, just a massive win. They needed this game badly uh, in terms of their resume. Now they're 7-3. It's the highest win total in the ACC for a Jeff Capel-led team uh, thus far. You look at this team, man. They're an unselfish, complete group. I think that is what stands out to me overmost. Uh, this is a team that has different ways to win. You'd want to dare Jamari's Burton to take over the game, he will do that. You want to dare him to go against everybody? He'll do that too. Uh, and, and that's what kind of happened in this one. That one three one worked for Steve Forbes and, and Wake Forest and Pitt kind of didn't have the post presence. They, they were collapsing it on Feta Federico too. They weren't going to let Pitt get easy buckets at the rack. So they said, okay, we're going to dare Pitt to shoot the three. And, and Pitt did, and they shot lights out. I mean, you don't really go into a game wanting to shoot 37 threes, but if you're playing a one three one, you're going to leave guys in the corner open. Do it. And, and Pitt did, and they sunk the shots. Nelly Cummings, I thought, had a really good first half. Six uh, assists in the game, but five in the first half to zero turnovers in the first half. Uh, I thought that was impressive. I thought he had some issues down the stretch, um, including that weird last play offensively for Pitt. Um, but they did end up pulling this out. Wake Forest kind of dashed to the, the hoop a little bit more than you would have liked. I thought that they could potentially shoot the lights out of the building. Pitt actually did a nice job perimeter-wise, but I think they became so hyper-focused on the perimeter uh, that it kind of hurt Pitt in the grand scheme of things um, from just getting Appleby, who, who dashes really well, to the rack. Uh, he attacks the rack. Carr really had a good game, and his length up top really took Pitt out of their rhythm. Um, so there was a lot of things that kind of looked – to me, like, whoa, what's going on here? Uh, Pitt is, is struggling a little bit, and this is a formula I didn't expect to see. And, and you know, Pitt ended up defending the three-point line fine. They, they held Wake Forest to their season average, of which is about 37% from three. Um, 10 of 27, not overly abundant for Wake Forest, considering their averages and their offensive efficiency. Appleby only two of nine. Um, but they really slashed to the rack really well. But Pitt kind of took Demari Monsanto out of this game. He got four fouls and only played 13 minutes as a result because he was in foul trouble. But you actually look at this game, right? Pitt led as much as 15 at one point, led 10 and a half, and they almost lost. For many people, that would be very much a, oh, boy, 
this team kind of sucks, but I don't think so. And I, I, I say this because look at the formula Pitt won with. 18 threes? They put on an offensive clinic in this game. But they've also won games where they shot terribly from three. They win in different ways. And I honestly think about their diverse ways of winning and their diverse cast of scores and guys who are kind of hot at times and who aren't. I just think of that and I say, man, this team can do a lot of different things and win in a lot of different ways. And that is so positive for Pitt and kind of their future because they don't live and die by the three. They don't live and die by this this one blueprint. There are multiple blueprints for Pitt to win. I wish they had the post blueprint. They don't have a guy in the post to where they can really rely on that. That would have been John Hughley. That's their missing aspect of this team. But they have multiple ways to win with multiple guys doing high-level things, and that is exactly what makes Pitt such an interesting team because they can win in more ways than one. And this continues to showcase it. They can get in a barn burner and they'll win that. This was an offensive shootout. They were awful defensively in this game. But it didn't matter. It did not matter. Pitt stepped up to the plate and straight up took it to Wake Forest in a way I'm not sure Wake Forest saw coming. We've seen Pitt win barn burners. They won a barn burner at Syracuse. Um, they have done this before. Now, that doesn't absolve the fact that they almost gave up the lead. Absolutely. They should 100% be able to close out teams better. I, I think, you know, putting together a full 40, 40 minutes is still a question, right? I still go back to that NC State game, and I see that is their best ACC win. And I don't say that in terms of quality of win. Um, clearly, Virginia and UNC, I think, are their best two wins quality-wise in their conference schedule, probably on their schedule period. But that NC State win was a butt-kicking from front to finish that Pitt just played with a steady 40. And that, to me, was really the pinnacle of what Pitt can be at their best. Um, I'd like to see that team show up here a few times. I think that team beats Miami on Saturday. Um, the question is, is that team going to show up? I don't know. They're a hot, streaky team at times, but they are a team that can win in different ways, and they are an unselfish group that if a guy is having his hot day, yesterday it was Greg Elliott, and yesterday it was Blake Henson. <laughs> Nike Sabandi and Jamarius Burton and Nellie Cummings, they'll take a back seat. If it's Nellie Cummings having the day, fine. The other guys will take a back seat. They're an unselfish group that allows this team to flourish in ways that it would not be able to otherwise. And I think that is a testament to this pit team because they are such an unselfish group that likes playing with each other. And that's been the missing kind of ingredient for Pitt. You know, Jeff Capel had a really good team in 2022. And, you know, Adis Tony, Xavier Johnson, Justin Champagny, John Hughley, that team had its issues. But if they don't fall apart because of team chemistry issues, that team ends up being a pretty solid team. It was good enough to be a solid team. But they didn't have the the actual off-court chemistry to pull it off. And that was the big issue. This team has all of that. They're a steady veteran group that likes playing with one another, and they make plays happen. And so in the grand scheme of things, this is another big win for Pitt. 
a quad two win over a Wake Forest team that's very even to pit. If you put them against each other 10 times, they each win five. I, I truly believe that. Um, and this is a really good win for Pitt. They needed it. Um, after that Florida State loss, I, I think, you know, you had to bounce back. You had to. And there were a lot of stakes doing it. Yeah, Kenny Pickett was there. It was Jerome Lane's 35th anniversary of send it in, Jerome. Um, but it, it, there was so much riding on this, so much pressure, and they didn't blink in the face of adversity. I, I thought it was really, really good to see Pitt win this one, even if their defense wasn't there um, much of it. And, and certainly that's something to go back to too, right? You've got to go back and, and look at the perimeter defense in the past two games and and kind of figure out a balance. Um, how can you slow down teams in the future defensively? Because right now Pitt's defense has definitely been struggling. But look at some of their stats. I mean, Pitt is, is just smoking hot from downtown right now in terms of their last few games, and, and that's a good sign for Pitt. And, and they were kind of due for a night where they just shot the lights out of the building. We hadn't seen them do that really since Syracuse. And so they really kind of came up in this one and shot the lights out. And, and I mean, they, they averaged the most three-point attempts in the league right now. Not surprising. They shoot the three ball, and they are willing to do it. And I think Jeff Capel um, is more than happy to do it too. And another moment I want to shout out. Um, you know, I've got on Jeff Capel a lot. Uh, we were talking at the end of last year. I, I was kind of surprised he was going to be back until you ended up finding out what the buyout was. But look at what he did to end this game. He set his team up in two ways. One, even though it was a shot clock violation on the last offensive possession, that play worked, period. <laughs> it was set up to get JB either a mid-range jumper or, or a drive to the rack, or he could kick it out to an open Blake Henson. This happened. Blake Henson just didn't shoot the ball, and then he panicked, passed it to Nelly Cummings, and Nelly Cummings didn't shoot the ball. So you had a shot clock violation. That's not on Jeff Capel. He set it up perfectly. The players didn't execute it. And then you had what I consider to be one of the best decisions he made of his coaching career. So you knew Tyree Appleby was going to get the ball. Um, everybody in their mother knew Tyree Appleby was going to get the last shot because he's Wake's guy, right? Well, what happened otherwise? What ended up happening here was that Appleby got forced to his left and missed it. Got into a really low percentage shot from the wing that was contested with Federico in his face. And, and Jeff Capel, lo and behold, comes out post-game. It was analytics. You know, Appleby is less efficient shooting to his left. That is a great coaching moment. Nike Sabandi did a great job driving him right to Federico. They did a fantastic job man fantastic job that's good coaching and so this group they're fun to root for it's fun to see pit basketball being good again because we hadn't seen this we hadn't seen this man and this is huge to me for pit um just a, a big win that's a momentum builder and makes it a lot easier to envision them getting to 13, 14, 15 wins in the conference. It's one of those toss-up games where you kind of really want to win it. Um, and, and you look back at that Clemson game, and you, it still eats at you. But this one would have really eaten a pit. They played really well. They had a phenomenal shooting. It's the program record for most threes. Blake Henson shot the lights out of the building, and Pitt's the one that ended up shooting Wake Forest 
uh, out of the gym in a lot of ways. And so, man, this pit team, it's a fun team. It's a good team. It's not a great team. They have warts, but it's a good team. They have warts that they got to go look back at. But what a huge win. And, and Miami is going to be fun on Saturday. That'll be a big game for Pitt. Um, but it's it's an opportunity for Pitt to, to rack up some higher resume wins. They they have now six quad one and quad two wins uh, combined. That's re- a really good mark for Pitt as they're on the bubble. They're going to stay in the tournament for now. They beat Miami. They're certainly still in there even after the loss to Florida State. Um, and, and so they have opportunities. They have Miami. They have UNC. These are two very quality opportunities for Pitt to add to that resume. Um, I don't think they're going to win both, but they win one. I think they're in perfect shape to, to get where they need to be, um, whether it's Miami or UNC. Whichever one they win, I think they're on the right track to getting back right into the soft of contention, and then they've got a softer schedule, and they just can't falter in that line. They haven't outside of that Florida State game. We know Florida State is better than the record, but Pitt's going to have to win that. The, the game on the road in Tallahassee later this year. Um, but this is a good team that's really starting to come together. It's, it's really fun to watch uh, Pitt come together and play like they have. All right, everybody, as always, thanks for listening to the Locked on Pitt podcast. And as always, as we end it here, hail to Pitt.